This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability for CPA show, where we're always learning how to develop better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of Wealth Ability. Look, folks, if you're not a creative CPA, you're going to be replaced by a machine. I am absolutely convinced that a lot of the routine tasks that we do as CPAs are going to go away. So the challenge is, of course, as CPAs, we often don't think of ourselves as creative or we think of that as being a bad thing. So, you know, like the old joke, right? What's two plus two? And you ask an accountant and really the answer is, what do you want it to be? Well, we're a little uncomfortable with that. So how do we use that creativity or how do we harness that creativity in such a way that falls within really the, the, the rules, basically, the, the accounting rules, the tax rules, whatever those rules are that we're constrained by, how do we still make creativity a positive thing because that's what it's going to take. And today we have a very special guest. I'm so excited to have this guest. Uh, Chase Jarvis is an award-winning artist. He's an entrepreneur. He's one of the most influential photographers of the past decade. He's done campaigns for Apple, Nike, Red Bull, others. And Chase has a very interesting premise, which is creativity is something that can be learned. So, Chase, I just want to welcome you to the show. I love that. I love that our producers actually brought on somebody to talk about how to become creative to a show to CPAs. So, this is fantastic. Welcome to the show, Chase. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. It's a treat to be on the show. And, of course, I just got this new book that's coming out called Creative Calling. And whether the CPAs that are listening right now are are open-minded or they're cringing, I think the next 20 minutes is it's my goal to help everyone who's listening understand, basically put an exclamation point on what you said and understand that there's creativity inside of every person and every job. And not only is it present, but to me, uh, this is like um, a request to pay attention so that you can have the job that you want in the future because as you open the show with, if there's a job that is just numbers and if there's a job that's just filling in boxes, that will be that you know, that will be the job of a computer. And we're not talking 15 years. We're talking one, three, five years. So to me, this is an opportunity for an entire um, industry to recognize that it, it, it has something special to add to the conversation. And only through using this human power, this, this, the, what I would say, uh, separates us from every other species on the planet is our ability to be creative. And by that, I do not just mean painting and cooking and writing code. I mean building businesses. I mean working within the complex structure that is the tax law, that is accounting rules. And to me, the opportunity is right before us, and now is the time. Oh, thank, thanks, Chase. So if you would, just give us like um, a 30-second bio of your background. Sure. Um, I was pursuing the, the mission that everybody else had for me for my entire life. Uh, I was um, hardworking, um, I guess, uh, only child, and I came from a middle, lower middle class family, and if that's the place you come from, you're told that you should go be a doctor or a lawyer or something that is, uh, you know, has respect in the community. And, and so I was doing all those things, and it wasn't until 
um, the death of some people that were really close to me and a couple of close calls with death, my, death myself that I realized that I didn't want to be a doctor. So in three particular years, one, I, I bailed on a career in professional soccer, two, I dropped out of medical school, and three, I bailed on a PhD in philosophy to become a photographer. And of course, my parents were like, what are you doing? And this is the popular cultural narrative because they thought that they, they envisioned a starving artist. But I found a way to carve my own arc in the world and through a career in photography and then ultimately going on to, um, to start a company called Creative Live, which is today is the world's largest um, learning platform for creators and entrepreneurs where more than 10 million people learn their craft, not just the craft of art and design and photography, but also the craft of business. On my platform is where people like Richard Branson, Ariane Huffington, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss, Brene Brown, where those folks teach. So my career has been wide-spanning, uh, and what I know now more than ever before and why I've just created this book, Creative Calling, is because now is the time as we look at the rise of AI and machines. We have to understand the way that we're different, the way we can add value to not just our personal lives, but to um, our professional lives as well. And and if you thought creativity was just a nice-to-have, look at the most successful companies and the most successful people on the planet. Hedge funds, wildly successful. Entrepreneurship, people like Richard Branson, wildly successful. Companies like Apple, where creativity has been the underpinning of every product they've ever put out. This is an urgent call, and I put it on the same level as nutrition and exercise for the human. So here I am, and I'm hoping to share with your audience today let them know that they are creative and, and how to tap into that. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Y you know, I, I'm very concerned about our profession. Um, and I'm concerned because I, I see it. You know, I go to these um, continuing education meetings, and what I see is a bunch of, uh, frankly, old white guys. And yep. I, I see a lot of, of dinosaurs. I consider myself a dinosaur, a lot, a lot of dinosaurs. And... Uh, and, and I'm thinking, well, what about all these people that are coming up in the profession? What do we do? Because what we did 30 years ago is not what, we, what we're going to be doing three years from now. Okay? Yep. So, and I've been fortunate that I've been, in, I've been in situations throughout my career where creativity has been a very big part of what I do. And I'm, 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 I feel comfortable with that. Uh, appellation of being creative. On the other hand, I have I'll hear people say, "Oh, you're you're too aggressive," or you know they they consider creativity and being aggressive and being you know on the edge. They that's what they consider. And I guess my point is is that I don't think so. In fact, I think creativity is what keeps us within the bounds of the law, so that we can do what our clients need us to do. And right. do it in such a way that creatively falls within the law or falls within the yeah. rules. So, oh. so you talk about you talk about how you can actually become creative. Is it is it becoming creative or is it recognizing your creativity? Oh, I love the question. I'll tell you, it is. There's creativity inside of every person, and I'm just going to use sort of a, a, a blunt example. Just go to any first grade classroom, say. Who wants to come to the front of the room and draw me a picture? How many hands go up? Every single hand goes up. And the belief that creativity, and this is the leap that I need everyone who's listening to make, and it's not a big one, is that creativity isn't just drawing or painting. Okay, so 
what you just talked about, uh, a set of constraints that are placed. There's laws and accounting rules, and and the reality is that there are constraints placed on every creator in every situation, except when someone's sitting in front of a blank white canvas. But ultimately, that's only where one fraction of one fraction of a percent of creativity takes place. Creativity marketplaces everywhere. Let's go to entrepreneurship, for example. If you're starting a company and you're backed by venture capital, there's all kinds of things that you can and can't do. You have a limited amount of money. You have a limited amount of time. You're working within the constraints of the market. You're working within constraints of, of a lot of the rules that we talk about with accounting. There's, there's all kinds of, uh, of what I call creative constraints placed on every decision, even in something that seems as blue sky or green field as entrepreneurship. And if you take that same lens and then you overlay it on, on accounting, all the same, the same facets of it are there. You have a set of rules that you need to play within. But the cool thing, and what most people in the CPA profession um, or, or some people in um, just in, in, in life in general, they think of creativity as this just wispy thing that is a nice to have and, and, and adds color and meaning to life. No, no, no. Creativity is, it is, is operating within a set of constraints. It is operating in a set of rules exactly, exactly like what the CPA does every day at work. Right. Navigating so- the tax code, incredibly complex, wildly creative, because as people who know the tax code know, there's 10 ways to skim that cat. You can, you can couch this particular expense or line item in 10 different ways, and it can get 10 different results for your client. Yeah. And so to me, that, that is the way that this profession, I'm, I'm in a sense begging for them, <laughs> begging for people to listen to understand that this is a huge opportunity for you. Well, I think so. So I, I think one of the challenges that uh, a lot of accountants run into is, you know, we think of, uh, I think of two different ways of thinking about things. There's linear sure. and there's uh, basically horizontal, right? So there's up and down yep. and there's, there's sideways. And mm-hmm. when I look at the tax law, I look at it sideways because I, I see that there's this provision, let's say, you know, this provision over here depends on a completely different provision. We've got a really good example of this. I'm going to use a technical term here, and don't worry about understanding it. Um, <laughs> we've got this qualified business income deduction that relates to this Section 1202 uh, stock um, uh, exemption, uh, gain exemption. And you're going, what, what do these things have? Related. Well, they, they kind of come from each other and the rules come from each other. And how do these things relate to each other? So I'm looking at it that way. And that's served me very well. And it makes it, it I think it, it really allowed me to do what, what I'm doing. On the other hand, let's say that most accountants, I don't think that's their natural tendency. Their natural tendency would be to go, okay, if I take one, then I go to two, then I go to three, then I go to four, then I go to five. So my, my question for you, Chase, is, if you're in, if, if your natural pattern, and I have partners, their natural pattern is one, two, three, four, five. How do yep. you, how do you use creativity within that pattern um, where it's not natural for you to go to a horizontal or lateral pattern? I love your point. There's sort of, uh, I'm going to put a little twist on it. There's sort of linear and then there's nonlinear. There you go. And nonlinear, nonlinear thinking is the ability to connect things that are unlikely. This is the spotting uh, 
uh, a particular navigation of the tax code or of accounting rules. That's usually, to me, that's where nonlinear thinking, and that basically is the definition of creativity. It's putting two things together that are potentially unlikely that you now put them together to form something new and useful. So if you look at the definition, that I, the operating definition of creativity as not painting and drawing and art, those are all subsets of creativity. But creativity with a capital C, which is what we're talking about here today in the show, creativity with a capital C, that was, that's the foundation. The wheel is mechanical engineering plus creativity. You know, electricity, electrical engineering plus creativity. This is this is this alchemy of science and the ability to look at things in a new and interesting way. So, specifically to your question, I want to I want to share people share with people the the foundations of the book that I've just written called Creative Calling. First, we need to acknowledge that every person is creative, and that is the person who's listening to this podcast right now. I don't care if you're at your desk, if you're on a run, wherever you are. I'm telling you, I'm not asking. I'm telling you that you're creative, despite what cultural programming you've received. Thing two, this is something that's not understood as well, that I'm trying to put a really crisp lens on, is that creativity is a habit. It's not a skill. It is a muscle. And that the more you use it, the more you get to use it. And to me, this is a set of, if, if we're going to go science here, this is it's a set of neural pathways, and you have a neural pathway. This, you, you, you referenced your partners. They see one, two, three, four, five. If you can start to see one, five, three, six, nine, two, four in a way that you didn't yesterday, that's literally rewiring your brain to be able to think. It's not required that you think in that nonlinear fashion because there's plenty of times where linear thinking is helpful and required, but you don't want to be such, so stuck in that habit that you don't have the capacity to see the bigger picture, to see the nonlinear solution, to see, to use a common problem, to see the forest through the trees. If you only see a tree, you're missing a huge opportunity. And that is a muscle that you develop. So principle one, everyone's creative. Principle two, creativity is a muscle that we can all use to our benefit. And here's the, the fun thing. I think this is the, the biggest version of creativity is if you can start to use creativity in small daily ways by acknowledging that what you're doing is creative, whether you're navigating a tax code, building a business, or making dinner for your family, when you start to acknowledge that you have this power and you use it in a daily day, in a daily way, something magical happens, which is it starts to unlock itself in lots of ways around your life. And these, these, these ways in which it unlocks are how you parent, again, building the business, it's not just this narrow, small C definition, but this creativity gets unleashed on a larger scale, and what you're ultimately doing is creating your life. Yeah, it would so, seem it would seem like it would um, as as we start recognizing that creativity, it would give us some confidence, and as we get confidence, yeah. we we do it more, and as we do it more, we see the benefits of it, and we recognize it more. And it just kind of builds on it, and yeah. and I love what you say about you know exercising it. I I love doing that. I actually have whole walls that are whiteboard uh, because I like to. Ex- <laughs> that's what I love to do because I've been you know I have been exercising that for a very long time. What are some things that people can do? I mean, think about our listener, you know, if yep. you're an accountant or you're, you're running your accounting practice. What are some things that people can do on a daily basis to uh, exercise that, that creativity that everybody does have? Sure. Well, first of all, like 
I think you know in a, in the 25 or 30 minute shows. What I know about your shows are normally normally 30 minutes or so. So I'm not going to be able to give you everything. So for the purpose of this conversation, there's a handful of things that you can do immediately. And the most important is is this: the words that you use matter. The most important word in the world are the ones that you say to yourself. So I'm my my mission for this podcast would be for you to actually acknowledge, if you buy this basic argument that we've been kicking around here uh, for the last 15 or 20 minutes, that you are creative, is to own that label. You don't have to, I'm not saying you are an artiste with the E at the end and the accent. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that fundamentally humans are creative machines. It's the thing that separates us from every other species. So that you identify that you have this creative prowess is really, really critical to move forward. And again, I think it's a simple argument. So thing one is start to do that, is acknowledge it. Thing two is in small daily ways, whether you're, it's just the recognition that what you're doing and, and anytime you're choosing to, to go down one path or another, you are creating an outcome. And that, again, that can be within the tax code, within the accounting rules. Every time, if you can just recognize that for a moment, to me that is a win. That's a check in the I'm being creative column. There are a couple of really simple ways that you can think about it as well, one of which is taking a photograph. I would bet that, you know, although we're speaking to 95% CPAs who are listening right now, that at least 90% of them have taken a photograph with their phone in the last 72 hours, whether that's of the parking place, at the airport, their kid, um, something, a function at work, anything, anything where you're taking a picture, that little moment, in that moment, you are choosing to create something in the most fundamental sense of the word. And that is a small and powerful example. I'll give you an example of my mother, 70 years old, she also believed that she wasn't creative her whole life because of monikers that others had given her. And she also took a great deal of pride in not dissimilar to a, a CFO or a CPA. She was very good at making linear decisions that could move a ball down the field and, and very outcome-oriented within a set of rules. In, you know, a number of years ago, I created the first iPhone photo app that would allow you to take a picture and add some effects and share it to social networks. My mom, again, she's 70, okay? She had been told her whole life she wasn't creative. She started taking pictures every day just on her walk and sharing them with friends. And she went from being thought of by her friends as not creative and the producer, the linear thinker, the get her done to the most wildly creative of all her friends. And I watched this infuse into many different areas of her life. She started traveling in diff to different places where she would used to go to the same vacation spot every year, do the week, with now she started traveling the world. I watched it change the meals that she would prepare and, and what she would put on the table for our family. I watched it impact um, just her day-to-day -day movements through the world. So this is a very, very powerful but simple act just through taking a couple of pictures every day and thinking about her creativity in the moment. Now, there's, there's a long list of these things in the book, but I don't want to burn up too much time thinking about them. It's mostly to understand Thing one, identifying that you're creative. It doesn't mean you're, you're an artiste. This means that you have the power to, you have the power and agency of choice over what you decide to do. Thing two, 
in small daily ways, whether it's taking a picture with your phone and sharing it with your friends and family, um, or even just keeping it to yourself. Um, and thing three, then, is thinking of creativity in this larger scale, owning the moniker, and looking for ways within your field or within this particular um, exercise that you might be stuck on right now to provide a new and novel solution. And the cool thing is when you buy the book, you start recognizing creativity in small daily ways, and then you're aware of it when you're in a situation that you're creating a unique outcome. That's when something happens. That's when you're, you start to get out of those neural pathways that you've been in for 25 years. Life starts having meaning. Life starts feeling more interesting. And you get better results in business and, of course, in this universe uh, with your, your clients in tax law or in, within the uh, rules of accounting. Yeah, I, I think for sure. I, I certainly know that, you know, when, we're, when we are in that creative mode, there's an energy that comes with that that is different than the energy when we're doing routine tasks. And uh, sometimes that energy feels really good and sometimes it feels really uncomfortable. So here's my next question for you, Chase, is so a lot of people on the call, are lead, we're leading our own business, right? And so yep. We, yep. we have we are probably the creative leaders in our business. I mean, if we have our own business, uh, that yep. by itself says there's some creativity there because we had the guts to go out and do our own business, right? Do our own thing. Absolutely. Um, Entrepreneurship not, is one of the most wildly creative things in our culture. Exactly. So how do we, on the other hand, the people working in our company, the mm -hmm. purple, people working in our firm, they're employees. So they're, yep. they're not the entrepreneur. So how do you foster or enable that creativity in a workplace when you're the leader of that workplace? Well, I think it goes. it is a, a form of leadership to understand and to empower your employees, right? You know, I, I run Creative Live, which is, you know, a Greylock back. We're $60 million into raising. We're 10 years in. We've got tens of millions of people using our platform. And what I know about being a leader of an organization is that empowering people to make decisions is the way that a business scales. It's the way that you can um, cultivate this connection between your employees and the vision and mission that you have for your, for your business. If you're, if, if you're reaching and setting your hand on top of their hand and driving their mouse while they're sitting at their computer, not only do they not feel empowered, but there's this sense of a, a lack of autonomy and opportunity for them. So in the same way, this is what I mean. We throw around the word innovation like crazy in the business world, right? Like crazy. It's the most, it's the most sought after thing, right? Innovation, empowerment, leadership. And I want you to sort of recalibrate your thinking to understand that what is innovation if it's not creativity put to work? What is leadership if it's not empowering your employees to make their own decisions, I'll use a different word, to, to create the outcomes that they seek on their own in order to serve the vision of the company? So, see, it's just a reframing of, of this, you know, this historic uh, uh, categorization or framework that we have on creativity. It is everywhere. Everything around you, every single thing was created. The computer, the, even the rules of accounting were created. Right? Someone had to say, this is a good way of looking at this, and this is a bad way of looking at this. Even 
you're, I got to apologize in advance here. I was in a PhD program in philosophy, so this is going to blow some people's minds for a second here. But the rule of one plus one equaling two, we had to make up those rules. We had to create sure. those rules in order for math to be effective at replicating the same, being able to replicate the same outcome from a number of different inputs, right? Like literally we decided what the rules were well, in order to be able to play the game. For, for sure. I mean, what, what we're most, most familiar with is, is the amazing innovation of double entry accounting. You know, you have to have the, the debits on the left have to equal the credits on the right, which uh, a monk came up with and without which we don't have the world economy as we know it. And we Literally. were looking at blockchain technology, which, which is basically double entry accounting on steroids. And so we, we know that that creativity is there. We know now we've acknowledged that the creativity is there within us and with our employees. How do we get our employees to be creative? You actually, this is, this is counterintuitive because I think what, and I'll, I'll just use really contemporary, simple, empirical examples, which is it, there used to be a world where we educated people, where the school system and where culture educated people to work on an assembly line. Right. You right. You went to this school, you got this kind of education, then you got this job. And this job was you show up and you put a widget on the assembly line and you turn this widget a quarter turn as it comes by you. And then you went home and that it was, you know, four hours a week. And uh, and then and then you moved along. But what we know now is the universe that orients exclusively around that is being replaced entirely by machines because we don't need a human to stand on a line to turn a widget. And you understand this is metaphoric. I'm, I'm talking about the factory, but this is also the way that when you, you think about your employees that come to work from you for you, if they are only empowered such that they can show up and turn a widget, then you should not be hiring that person. You should be using a computer to do that. Because if we want a, a system in our business that's dynamic and capable of making decisions on the fly and where the employees feel empowered, you have to help, under, first of all, understand that that is the rules that we are now working within, is it needs to be a dynamic system where people can take in numerous inputs and make decisions on the fly that are good for the business. So if you believe in these things, and A, that you're not running an assembly line in a factory, then you have no choice but to empower your employees. And to, to frame it in creativity, why it used to be something that would be seen as strange or odd, today it's the most powerful force because what you're telling people in your company is that I trust you, you have the autonomy to make a decision. Here's the framework, but then you can make decisions. And if anything is outside of that framework, come see me or see this manual or go to this checklist or whatever. But to be able to operate in that box and to call it what it is, and that's whether it's empowerment or opportunity or leadership or innovation, like you have the ability to innovate within this box. And any good business leader, any good entrepreneur certainly wants their employees to think like that rather than the antiquated assembly. No, I, I, I love that. And I love your, um, I was thinking just as you said it, that the, we, we give them a framework and we let them mm -hmm. operate within that framework. So we give them the freedom to be creative because they are naturally creative and we give that, that, them that freedom within that framework. So I yeah. wanna, um, this has been awesome, Chase. I mean, literally, I would like to this to go on for hours. Um, instead, I'm gonna have everybody, okay, everybody, 
Creative Calling, right, is the name of the book? Yes. And, yes, it so, is. and creativecalling.com, I believe, is your website. Is that right? It is. Yes, it is. So I And you can buy it anywhere anywhere books are sold. And if you like frameworks, I'm a very I'm a I'm a uh, a thinker who thinks in framework. So um, if if that you know that tends to um, be uh, a lens through which a lot of people in the CPA world can more easily digest this. The book is a very, very, it's got a great structure to it, so you're going to appreciate it. It's not some ranting, <laughs> ranting diatribe about how, you know, the, how the Sistine Chapel was painted. This is a structured way of thinking and approaching creativity that makes it accessible to anyone. Well, I, I love that. Thank you so much. And uh, for all of you out there, just remember, when, when we start developing this creativity and building uh, exercise in our creative muscles, uh, both for ourselves and for employees, what's always going to happen is we're going to end up with those better clients because we're going to be creative with them. We're going to end up with a better practice that we're happier with, that's got more energy in it. And of course, we're going to have a better life. We'll see you next time. This is Tom Wheelwright, founder and CEO of WealthAbility. What if you could discover a simple way to double your profitability in the next 90 days without adding any new clients? That's right. Whether you're a CPA, tax advisor, other tax professional, accountant, bookkeeper, in my newest resource, I will walk you through a simple five-step process that's proven to help you do just that. We have members of our network that have doubled their profitability in 90 days or less, and you can do this too. Now, to get your free copy, just go to wealthability.com slash CPA profit. That's wealthability.com slash CPA P-R-O-F-I-T. Get this new resource so that you can double your profitability in the next 90 days. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.